Hello and welcome to The Richard Pyatt Show, a program about rides, people, and smart talk. Now here's Richard Pyatt. Welcome to another Richard Pyatt Show. Thanks for being with us again today. Brought to you by Instacart. Special link for Richard Pyatt Show listeners who want to be Instacart customers at richardpyattshow.com. Click on that and see all the details there. Well, as we come to you here in uh, the summer of 2021, uh, a number of states have lifted their COVID-19 restrictions, and that means a number of folks may be who were working from home exclusively going back to an office setting. What does that mean? We're going to talk about it from an employer perspective and from an employee perspective today with two great folks, a longtime friend, Tanya Bramer, and new friend, Terry Vernon, both of whom have great extensive uh, careers in human resources and, mind you, are hosting their own podcast called Go Talk with HR. Right on. <laughs> How many times have you heard that, right? <laughs> uh, so, yes, make sure you look for that podcast in your favorite podcast directory and give them a listen as well. Ladies, welcome to the show. Hello, Richard. Hello there. Well, this is fun. So uh, I've been wanting to talk about this for a little while, and uh, the two of you happened upon me in a conversation about these things. And uh, here we are. So it's nice when uh, the universe arranges these things. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure is. Yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit about uh, your histories in HR and let folks know uh, what your experiences have been. So um, I have about 25, 28 years uh, in HR, started my career um, in recruiting and went from recruiting through the kind of the natural transition or progression of a career in HR. They typically started recruiting, um, learned a little bit. I went into an HR generalist role where you mm -hmm. dabble in benefits and comp and, you know, training and all sorts of aspects. Um, and then found myself kind of loving the space of employee relations. Not too many people like it, but I do love the space of employee relations. Employee relations, kind of um, coaching, performance management, that piece, really helping managers to understand um, how to coach their people to success. Um, sometimes that might be coaching them in mm -hmm. uh, their performance, which might not end up well. Um, and so helping people in that way is too um, and then, and then working with the employees on the employee mm -hmm. side and um, helping them to understand why things aren't working with you here. Maybe you're not following the code of conduct, you know, all sorts of things. And really maybe sometimes helping employees to see that, you know, it's okay sometimes if they're, if your job is maybe just not a fit for you mm -hmm. and where else can maybe you go to in the company. So um, I was with a large international financial firm ended my career there. I was laid off during COVID mm -hmm. um, as a VP of employee relations and um, kind of had this little space in the back of my head thinking, I think it'd be fun to do a podcast and, and all of that. And so that's kind of where, you know, where we landed today. So Right. And Tanya, you've had a, a parallel career that has been similar, haven't you? Yeah, very similar. Uh, Terry and I actually used to work together yeah. um, for a large mortgage bank. And uh, that's actually where we met. My career actually started in retail as a retail manager. Um, so hiring, recruiting, developing future managers. 
And that was my segue into HR then. So totally changed careers. Uh, absolutely loved it. Started out as an HR generalist, worked my way up to VP as well. And uh, I've actually had the opportunity, and that's how I met you, Richard, mm-hmm. is doing a lot of consulting, HR consulting. And my niche, um, I would have to say, is probably organizational development initiatives, developing cultures, Um not as favorite of an area is probably in employee relations and doing that constantly. But uh, I definitely really enjoy the proactive aspects of HR. Tana uh, is also a comp planning geek. Yeah. So analytics, uh, metrics, analytics, metrics. So we just let her dabble in that and then I dabble in this. So it yeah. sounds like a complimentary podcast relationship. Ab- there. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So I knew that there was one person I needed to do a podcast with and that was Tanya. Ditto. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, um, it's fortuitous that that you are doing this because it provides this opportunity for uh, for us to talk about this topic and as well uh, invite folks uh, listening to the Richard Pyatt Show to uh, sample your podcast. And so I hope they do that. You know, as we were preparing for this subject, talking about going back to um, an office-based work environment or a location-based environment after a lot of us have been... Uh, working from home or, or out of the office, at least, uh, employing those uh, COVID uh, best practices. Uh, there are some, th- some things to consider, but in looking at uh, some of the statistics that are out there right now, as it relates to this, you found some interesting things. We sure did, Richard. Yeah. So um, a large survey by MarketWatch uh, that was published in May, this is really some interesting stuff. So 33% of company decision makers still have not decided on what they're going to do for their return to work and what that looks like. So if they've got employees that are working remote now, right, right, doing Zoom calls like we're doing right now, they still haven't decided specifically what they're going to do. So, and then if we break that down a little further, Richard, 6% plan to be fully remote. So they've decided that, which is pretty we- cool. Yeah. And I thought that would be a little higher because yeah. really remote work is working, you know, Mm -hmm. and only 4% have decided that, nope, we're coming back in the office. We're going to, you know, do business as usual pre-COVID. But another thing that really stood out to me is that 70% of companies have decided their plan of the ones that have decided are going to do some type of hybrid. So two or three days in the office or what, you know, maybe one day, you know, a team meeting, team gathering or something like that. So, um, and I think people have proven that remote work can work and work. It's working. That's interesting that um, we're talking about the idea that folks have realized that work from home can work for them. Uh, we really just needed some kind of impetus to test it. And this was it, wasn't it? Absolutely. 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 Which we even brought that up on a discussion that we had with somebody yesterday that is kind of in the retail space too. And what's interesting is that, and and this is maybe a whole other topic for a whole other day, but but what retail space is no longer needed by these companies because now they're saving money by these people being at home. And um, and then what's that going to do to that whole industry? So this could all morph into a whole different you know, area. Well, I've seen more than one report from, uh, from different news sources about the idea of the whole office space thing, you know, do, do folks need to have an office with the space for everybody? Maybe they just need a meeting space and, and then, um, 
uh, work right. remotely uh, thereafter or, or otherwise. So there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, this is also interesting too, Richard. So um, the EEOC has actually provided the guidance that employers are allowed to have their, you know, require their employees to be vaccinated, right? So that uh, is allowed. So same uh, research that we're citing here, um, 39% of the people that have decided though are not gonna require employees to get vaccinated. 8% are gonna mandate. And of the ones that don't wanna be vaccinated, they also won't be able to go come back in the office. So 6% of the companies are doing that. And the rest is going to be optional. It seems like, uh, uh, and tell me if this is the impression you have, that a fair amount of companies are just trying to be mindful of everybody's feelings about this. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. But, you know, it's a big thing also because that, you know, borders on um, HIPAA, violations under HIPAA, and people's privacy. So, yeah, um, yeah so definitely. Well, let's talk about that. So if if uh, you're an employer and you're trying to decide how to approach a work-from-home position or policy, what are some of the things employers should consider? You know, for me, Terry, the first thing that comes to mind is the culture, right? What are the things that we have to think about um, or the dis- when we're making decisions Culturally, you know, what is that going to look like? Are we going to require people? Are we going to lose people? Are people going to leave the organization if they really enjoyed working remotely or hybrid, right? And now all of a sudden they're required to come into the workforce. Right. So, right. That's a big thing. And then safety, what is, you know, communicating um, all the different things that are going to be required for safety going forward. Um, For hybrid, I think a really big thing, and the survey cited this, is that their number one concern is educating and training leaders to manage teams that are hybrid. So some people are going to be in the office some days, some not, right? And then they mix. And how do they keep that team culture and continuity and production? Um, So really providing some resources and how that, you know, leaders can manage that well. That's a big Mm -hmm. thing. You know, going back to safety, that's probably the biggest thing. thing. You really have a, a polarized spectrum of people that are in fear of it. Maybe even after having the vaccine, too, right? They still have a fear. Yeah. And then the people that are, you know, to the extreme that, oh, this is a hoax. It's not important. I don't need to wear a mask. I don't need to get vaccinated. So you have that broad spectrum of people, too, that you have to consider. Right. So and then what's interesting also, when you think about maybe the recruitment of employees, let's say you have a really, really hard job to fill. Yeah. And you have the majority of your team is working back in the office because maybe you wanted to be back, you're requiring it, the company is requiring it, but now you have this fantastic candidate that is saying, nope, I'm only working remote. And you need that skill set. So what do you do? Do you pass on the candidate and let that job go empty and needed now? Or do you give the approval for that, but now that then swings it to the others to now change that policy? So a lot of considerations, too. Let, let me throw a, another wrench into a spoke here on that. What if you've already hired them? So you yeah. hired them during the pandemic, and you feel you were clear when you hired them that you'd be going back to the office at some point, and now you are, and they're they're balking about it. Yeah. Right, right. And that's real, right? You hired that's me. That's very real. You said this role would be remote yeah. and continue to be remote, right? But now 
the companies change their mind, maybe requiring two or three days in the work, you know, in the office. And that's a that's a real problem. Right. Right. And we are going to see turnover because of that. That's that's just going to it will definitely happen because what has changed. Right. So uh, people aren't having to commute. It's saving money. Uh, for a lot of people that care about carbon emissions and everything, that's a big deal. We've seen uh, the environment improve. There's been a lot of research and facts around yeah, that, around emissions and such that are sure. improving yeah. the air. And really, it's a work-life balance, right? I'm not traveling. I'm here. I'm saving money. I'm not even spending gas. But also, um, I don't know about you guys, but my car insurance dropped, right? So I'm traveling less. So my rates went down. There's another savings. Um, but people can leave too at three yeah. in the afternoon, go pick up their kids from school yeah. or noon. They had an early exit that day or something. They could rush home, get them, come right back. Um, so, so work-life balance. Work I think that's balance. the key. That's what falls into it. But the other topic that we were discussing the other day too, is just the, um, the weight of the, um, you know, a lot of the majority of people that were leaving the workforce once this COVID hit and everything and going to remote uh, were women yeah, because of, of the weight of the, the, I guess the pressure I want to say for them to be that mother um, and that mother instinct that kind of falls on most women where they left the workplace because they were having to work to be the at-home teacher and to manage the zoom calls and the schooling and do all that, do the shopping um, I know for me, I was taking care of my elderly parents and doing their shopping online. And, you know, that just kind of naturally fell. So there's that whole segment of the workplace, too. You wonder, out of those numbers that you cited, Tanya, I wonder what portion, if you break those down, what portion of it is male, female? Yeah. All right. So it's not just about uh, the notion of uh, the culture and trying to understand what your employees might be up for when it comes to a work from home policy or back in the office totally or, or not, but um, covering your bases in other ways, like making sure you've got all your records in order. Is that true? Sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So um, what companies need to make sure that they do is update their policies and make sure they really clearly communicate that to staff and employees about whatever changes that are in place now. So they want to have that stuff documented. And then also, um, I think it's a really good practice to update your business continuity plan. So I think a lot of people have plans, but maybe they didn't have the infectious control one, right? right. So specifically with the pandemic, right? We haven't had one since, you know, uh, over 100 years now. Yeah, right. So. And we never thought this would happen in modern day. So I think it's important to update that and really take the lessons learned. And there's a lot of resources and third parties out there that can help, you know, companies with that. Right. And where companies are also really needing to, you know, a lot of them went to these third parties that were helping to verify the, um, if somebody was, you know, sick with COVID, what the symptoms were, that way the company wasn't receiving that. Mm-hmm. Uh, private information, medical information. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the vaccine piece now is going through those third party uh, providers. So making sure that you've got somebody too, that is really keeping those accurate records um, as well. Mm-hmm. So um, a good partner with your firm. Now there might be one or two people out there who heard you say business continuity plan and, and thought, gee, 
I don't have one of those. Th- this is not just about a pandemic, right? This is yeah. um, some kind of basic plan that uh, you'd follow if there was any sort of interruption in, in business, right? Right. Correct. Right. Yep. Any nat- other natural disaster, anything like that, um, yeah. that might be an interruption to the business. Mm-hmm. Um, active presume, shooter. Yeah. Oh, active boy. shooter. Yeah. Wow. Could be anything. So uh, I presume there are examples out there or consultants, maybe even you, who might uh, who might offer some input on how to put one of those together, right? Absolutely. There's a ton of consultants out there that do that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So how about the employee perspective? Now you have, uh, I would imagine, a, a significant amount of, of employees out there who were in a, a mode where they were working from the office they knew what they had to do. They got up at a certain hour and they made time to get in the car and drive to the office. And and now they've spent the better part of a year realizing they don't have to commute. Uh, they can wear their skivvies on a Zoom call because, you know, you can't see that. <laughs> no, I'm sure they didn't. But, uh, you know, things like this. And now all of a sudden they've got to get back in the commuting groove uh, back to all of those demands that take place when you have to get up and go in the yeah. morning and in the evening. Uh, and they're saying, I don't know if I want to do that. Uh, and now your boss is saying, we're going back to the office. So what is a, should an employee do? Should they, should they say, gee, uh, boss, would you be open to a different kind of policy or is it not recommended to, I don't know, rock the boat? Is that the right phrase? Actually, I, I think a best practice, Terry, and you can chime in, but it's literally have the leader sit down and talk to each one of their employees and their situation and, you know, have a good understanding of how COVID and working remotely has affected them or how it's changed their family and their dynamics and dynamics. dynamics. And yeah, they might, some people really like it for me with my last employer, I have actually worked from home for about nine years and they made it work really well. We made it work really, really well. So it just works for me. I don't know what I'd do if I had to go back to, you know, the freeway and all that, especially here in Southern California, that could take a while. So, um, but you know, again, it might be, there's a whole, I, I think it's best and you nailed it. Have the leader really speak and, and talk to, you know, each person about what works for them. It also depends on the roles. There's many roles where if they are um, customer facing roles, all, they the might, roles. all the hospitality yeah. roles, all of that, they have to be internal sure. um, or come in and go back into the office. So, or maybe is it a hybrid? Is it two days a week or, mm-hmm. or what? So it, it just really depends on, on that particular company, their industry, and then talk about the needs of, of the employees and what's going to work or not. Yeah. And as a, as an organization, Richard, you could also do a survey just to get a pulse, right? Check in to see overall, you know, hey, do you want to work from home? Are you willing to work a hybrid schedule? And, you know, just have some real clear-cut categories on different options and just get a pulse. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so what happens then if if they do this? They they speak with employees separately, and uh, uh, one of them is uh, fine. Some of them are fine with whatever it is the policy will be. Others of them say, I really want a hybrid, or others of them say, I don't ever want to go back to the office. Now this makes it difficult to try to come up with a consistent policy, doesn't it? 
Sure. Yeah. Sure. I think what employers also have to look at too is, you know, during this past year, has how effective has that person been in their role working mm-hmm. from home? Uh-huh. So it could be that they have not been performing well and hey, they missed, you know, they've missed mm-hmm. quite a few calls to log into, or they've been late, or they haven't gotten, you know, X amount of performance out of one employee versus the other. Somebody might be excelling and doing, you know, 40% more work at home because they have less distractions Mm -hmm. and it works well for them versus that employee that their distraction is they're doing their laundry, they're cooking dinner, they're ordering, you know, groceries, they're doing whatever, and they're not doing the work during the day. So I think a whole lot, I mean, talk about everything in the kitchen sink. Yeah. There's a whole lot to consider. I think companies need to be flexible wherever they can be. Yeah. We've proven working from home works for most people. Right. 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 And, um, you know, just having that compassion and empathy for staff that, Hey, if this is working for them, they do a great job. Let them continue to work from home or Mm -hmm. like whatever works. That's interesting. So at some point when you're considering this, the performance of the individual comes into play, doesn't it? Sure thing. Sure thing. Yeah. Yep. And, and yeah. so this, this brings up an interesting question, I think. Uh, so now you have a hybrid policy. Uh, let's say the department or the office is a limited number of people. So um, Joe, Fred, and Sally are working a hybrid, but Susie is told she's got to come into the office every day. So now uh, when the others are in the office in passing conversation, Susie says, well, I'm here every day. And the other ones are not. Now, this this is one of these things that I always find interesting. Uh, you've got an arrangement with one employee that's different from another. It signals some kind of a, uh, maybe some kind of a performance issue. Now it's kind of out there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Favoritism, favoritism coming into play. I mean, that's huge. How do you navigate that? How how can you say, Susie, you're in the office every day. And, uh, when people notice this, uh, don't talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. It's managing the performance. Right. Right. What it really comes down to is managing the performance and the person in the job. I mean, at the end of the day, you're paying them to do a specific Mm -hmm. job. And if somebody is doing that job really, really well from home, then let them keep doing their job really well from home. Mm-hmm. But maybe Susie doesn't do it well from home and she needs more coaching and mm-hmm. guidance and kind of that, you know, not the big brother watching, but she just oversight. needs oversight. Yeah. Exactly. She just needs the oversight more. And that could be it. And maybe you work it out with Susie that Susie, you get that you get your job to where it's performing mm-hmm. at a higher level to where it's at this level, then we'll certainly take that into consideration. Mm-hmm. But up until this time frame, we need you to mm-hmm. keep doing your job here from the office. Yeah. And Richard, you could think about it as paralleling with an individual that maybe wants to learn a different uh, additional skill or a job function that maybe they're not doing now. Right. They have to be able to perform their current role and do that well, or maybe do it more efficiently to free up time so they can do other things. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's a similar concept. So it's a policy, it's a work from home policy, but it also has some element of uh, individual consideration. And maybe that's how the employer fashions it. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Now what really gets sticky is when you have a man, so same company, right. Mm -hmm. But you have the accounting department 
all has to come in. That manager said, no, my team, we're all Mm -hmm. working in the office. So if you work in accounting, you've got to come in versus IT. Mm -hmm. They said, no, everybody work remote. So now you've got the accountants there that are all annoyed at the IT department. And then what happens to your culture there? So um, that's even, you know, that's all. That's a, yeah. another topic. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah, it is. And and that isn't it. I guess that's what I'm really getting at. Uh, I suppose now that you phrased it that way it is uh, whatever decisions you make about this uh, have the potential to affect the culture. If somebody gets rubbed the right way or the wrong way by yeah. whatever you decide. Right. And I think it's going to be a learning process over time for a lot of companies. Um, I mean, if they prepare leaders to manage remote teams or hybrid teams, better, right? And they have different uh, ways of connecting the team. Yeah, you know, like, hey, maybe we have a powwow every morning at 8.30. We talk about our workload for the week. We talk about what we need help with today, right? And right, really giving tools and resources to leaders to manage well. I think that's going to help a lot. But it's going to take a while to see what works, what doesn't, if there's any learnings from it. Yeah, yeah. So that's the old classic, more to come. Yeah, more to come. Right, but Sounds at the like end of the Carson day, reach show. out to your HR partner in your company, and talk about what kind of uh, you know struggles you're having with that employee that is either working remote or not, and what's kind of happening, and mm-hmm. and get the support on you know what you do next, and, yeah. and how can we navigate this? What's the barriers? What's the issues? Right, you know. Right, and Richard, from a company standpoint, we chatted about this the other day. There's software now that you can actually put on uh, employees' computers that measure keystrokes or when are they logged in, how long are they working. So you've got some big brotherish type companies and resources out there that are actually taking that route. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How does that affect culture? But that's right. also pretty important because it depends on the it depends on the industry. Mm-hmm. So uh, me coming from financial services, we have always had that ability. Yeah. To kind of manage what. Um, people were doing during the day because we had to, for different, you know, regulations, yeah. uh, be able to track and monitor things, you know, especially in financial mm-hmm. services. Yeah. So we've always had that ability um, to do that and see when someone is logging on, you know, to the system. Yeah. So um, internet, internet surfing, exactly. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. Internet surfing at home. And <laughs> what are they? When you're on break, when you're not. When, yeah. Right. Right. Well, uh, boy, you know, that's a whole other subject too, I suppose is, is, uh, is culture and, and, uh, and oversight and all of that, but it sure will be interesting to, uh, fast forward six months and see what those stats are that you quoted Tanya and, and where things stand then and, and have folks stuck with their hybrid policies or their work from home policies, or have they abandoned them? But I ain't no expert, but I'd say uh, they'll probably prevail now that we've had this test. Is that your sense? Sure. So is this a, is this a date then for six months? You put yeah, that sure. Okay, we're back. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the meantime, make sure you look for uh, Terry Vernon and Tanya Bramer on their podcast called Go Talk with HR. You can find that in uh, just about all of the uh, uh, podcast hosting directories and things and, and check them out. And occasionally we'll check in with them as well. Thanks to you both. Thank you, Thank you Richard. Thank you, Richard. Thanks for listening to The Richard Pyatt Show. Click the subscribe button to stay in touch. Visit richardpyattshow.com and on Facebook. Search Richard Pyatt Show. Thank you.